What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Fox creeping forward. He pulls up. 18-footer. Aaron Fox puts the Kings on top. Takes one stage twice. Gives the belly. 35-foot three for the win. Nibania. Bialica. Yes, we deserve this win, man. When we're done, we can go chop it up, eat, golf, whatever you want to do. For 40, 48 minutes, I ain't about them games. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Bulls Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? Not too much, man. I'm doing good. I'm really, really, really grateful to have Sacramento Kings basketball back in my life. And uh, this is a bizarre experience because I'm looking at you live. I've never never looked at you live while we do this before. Yeah, we have not done this before, and uh, we're streaming it as well. We'll probably do this a little bit more often for these post games, um, so keep an eye out for that on Twitter. And yeah, like you said, it's been the first time in who knows how many days, months, that we've got to watch some basketball, and I don't know about you, but it was kind of just weird to get back into the groove of watching games. Oh, definitely. Uh, and it was like, it was a bizarre kind of setting. Um, it just felt like a two, 2K, like, situation where, you know, like, it felt like story mode or some sort of, uh, you know, like, just, it, it, it's, it didn't feel like an NBA game at all. Uh, it's just a bizarre place. It's a bizarre time. Um, and, like, half of our dudes weren't even there. It was, it was, it was wild. Right, yeah. I mean, starting out the day, obviously we'll get to the Kings game, but the Nuggets game, they rolled out a ridiculous lineup that was super 2K. I don't know if you saw this. It was Jokic, Bulbul, Bull, um, Paul Millsap, Miles Plumley, and then I'm dropping the ball on the last one. Um, but, yeah, they put out all fours and fives on the roster. It just went crazy. And, yeah, Sacramento had a little bit of a bench squad going as well. Uh, there was no... Uh, De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes. Um, who else am I missing? Alex Len? No, Len. Um, yeah. Oh, and Bagley. Bagley, of course. Yeah. Um, so the lineup they rolled out to start with against Miami in the first scrimmage game was Corey Joseph, Bogdan Bogdanovich, 
Kent Bazemore, Nemanja Belita, and Harry Giles. And uh, I don't know where do you uh, where do you kind of want to start with this man? It is a scrimmage game. There's only so much to take from it. I'll start by saying uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Let's start with him. His hair, very reminiscent of yours. I think you could blend in right now with Bielitsa and Bogdanovich. Yeah, I like to think so. Yeah, definitely <laughs> can do that one. Uh, see, I'm, I'm very distracted by the visual element now. But, you know, another thing that starts me is, were you surprised at all that Buddy didn't start considering, like, half the team wasn't there? Yeah, I thought that was definitely interesting. Um it's a case where I really thought you could have started Buddy there, and this kind of points to me that they're probably, if anything, if there is no Barnes, that maybe Bazemore is the one that's going to stick in that spot. I, I would have guessed probably that you would have seen Buddy and Bogey, um, but you did see a little later in the game that, you know, when Buddy's out there, he's kind of the one taking the majority of the shots and the balls in his hands most of the time, so I get kind of still keeping him in that bench unit role, but that definitely did stand out to me. Yeah, no, and I, I don't know. I mean, um, I don't want to get too, like, far into this, and it's tough because so actually, like, Buddy in the press conference afterwards, you know, he, he's not a fan of the media. Um, I don't think he counts me in that. He doesn't know who I am, thankfully. But he's not a fan of the media, I don't think. Um, and I, I, I so I don't want to speculate too hard on, on what might be his process. Is, I don't know. I have no idea, but. I like couldn't help but think about. I don't know. I could see him being upset. Like I personally would be upset if I was, uh, if I played every game and and led the team in scoring for an entire season. And then not only am I the, to the bench, but I'm I can't get a start like in a scrimmage game with five players out. Um, it concerns me. And going forward, I just don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out, but. Look at me getting so worried about things in the future when we just finally got Sacramento basketball back. Right, and, you know, the one scrimmage game, right, and the future that you're talking about, we've kind of hammered that this isn't as young a team as everyone thinks it is, but uh, there is a couple young guys, and Daquan Jeffries, Kyle Guy, Justin James, and in our last episode you kind of pointed towards me and was like, you know, who do I think out of those guys would get the run? I said Justin James. And you said Daquan Jeffries was your guy, and you seem to be right there, man. You've been saying it for a while. I've been saying it for a while. That's my guy, um, for sure. And, I mean, also kind of just reading through what Walton has been saying, he's talked about Jeffries more than Guy or James, uh, it seems, since he's been in the bubble. Um, so, you know, I'm not not prognosticating here, but – yeah, he's gotten a look, and he's really deserved it. Um, led or tied for the team lead uh, in scoring through the first half, which was, yeah, not not on my not on my list of things I expected to happen. But yeah, it looked really good. And you know, one thing that I think stands out about him is he played a lot in the front court for Tulsa in college, and you can kind of see that. Even though he's six five, he does have you know a bit of a, a forward mentality. Yeah, definitely, and the Kings going small ball in general. I mean, there was a lineup out there that I wrote down here that was super interesting. It was Yogi Ferrell, Daquan Jeffries, Buddy Heald, Corey Brewer, and Nemanja Bialica, um, with only Giles being there as really the traditional center. Um, they went to Bialica at the five. They went to some Jabari Parker at the five at the end of the game. Um, but 
yeah, also no Barnes, who we've pointed out alongside Bielitsa, especially with Bagley not being there, will probably get a lot of the four minutes. It was a lot of small lineups for the Kings. Um, and I think that's going to vary team to team on the success rate of that because a lot of these guys are probably two guards more than they even are threes. Um, but, you know, I, I think for how much you can judge in a scrimmage, like it worked all right, I guess. I, I think that you're going to see that a little bit more. And obviously if Barnes is there, the lineup will be a bit better there size-wise. Um, but to sort of complement that, did you feel like the pace was – back a little bit I, I don't exactly fully remember what it looked like uh when we were ending the season but it felt like it was higher to me especially off rebounds yeah no I liked it um I think you know one thing I like about having Harry Giles in there is he can really look up court uh I know Corey Joseph he's not always played with a ton of pace but I believe him when he says he wants to um I think he got that opportunity tonight and and was doing it. Um, sometimes the pace can slow down when he gets in there and doesn't find anything and kind of has to pull it back, work his way around, shift the ball through uh, through the team. But, yeah, I mean, at least in getting down the court, it was there for me. Um, one guy that I did not see as much of tonight that surprised me, you know, we went through this all in the last episode. We went through how you would work the rotations given – whatever situations that, that that call for depth. And basically, Corey Brewer became a one-size-fits-all. We'll just get him in the lineup somehow no matter what. I think six minutes tonight, seven minutes. Do you think of that more as a function of he just joined the team? Or do you think of this more as, you know, if Daquan Jeffries is going to be, be able to give you what he can give you, do you not really need Corey Brewer as much? Um, I think that maybe you don't need him as much, but I would still say that Jeffries probably is going to make a rookie mistake at some point, and there's going to be rough patches of him, and that's kind of when you would fall back on Brewer. So I may be overreacting to this one game here, but I kind of would like to see some more of those minutes go to Jeffries. And then, like I said, if there's a little bit of a slip-up, Brewer's sort of your fallback there. Um, But obviously, if no Barnes, both these guys are going to get a decent bit of minutes there. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, maybe Jeffries does take a little bit of that Brewer role and that'd be better for the team long-term. How do you kind of lean with it? Yeah, no, I'm on board for it. Um, I don't think you ever want a situation where you sign a guy, uh, that's been a free agent all year and he comes in and plays a serious role. I know that has to happen at times due to injury, but if you can go to your young guys, to your rookies and get a even close to equal result, I think you absolutely do it. Um, I don't know. I, I I really didn't even get much of a look at Brewer. He was in and out pretty fast, and so I don't have anything really to say about how he looked. But, you know, for the most part, pretty invisible. Um, again, got to, like, you know, accept the fact that he got signed to the team two weeks ago. Uh, so it can take time. But, yeah, for now, I, I'd be happy seeing Daquan Jeffries get, those, get the call before Brewer. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. There's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. 
or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. One other spot I definitely noted was Yogi Farrell getting a good bit of minutes. Obviously, no Fox being there, but Farrell getting 19 minutes. I think that, you know, we I've said before that Fox will get a majority of the point guard minutes in, in my rotation in my head, and then Joseph just gets whatever's left over there with Farrell not really being a part of that. Um, and the hope is that Fox is back for the San Antonio game, maybe for some of the scrimmages here. Um, but when Farrell was out there, it was even like Tyler Hero was going through him. Uh, so I, I'm definitely going to be concerned if Farrell is going to be stuck getting some minutes in these eight games that actually matter. And what did you think about him compared to, like, Kyle Guy, who we did only see, like, eight minutes of, but, you know, a little bit of movement shooting is always valuable, right? Tyler Hero goes through everybody, so I don't know why you're, <laughs> I don't know why you're throwing shade at Tyler Hero. Um, yeah, you know, I don't see Yogi Farrell as having a future with this team from just reading the tea leaves here on, like, the minutes that he got, the way he performed this year, I can't imagine them bringing him back. Um, it just seems like a, you don't need a 12th, 13th man on the roster that you've seen a lot of and, and it hasn't been amazing. I think that's that's Kyle Guy's spot to, to take advantage of going forward. Yeah, and then uh, the last guy that you know kind of falls in line with Bagley not being available for the entire bubble I guess a guy that I admittedly forgot about at the end of the last podcast, and Omer has definitely not forgot about, uh, Jabari Parker got a lot of backup five minutes at the end of the game, and he got a lot of hype from uh, the announcers that were calling these games too. What did you uh, think of him? That I guess could be you know a little bit of an offensive spark plug. Yeah, a, a, a score of the highest regard. <laughs> right, uh, right. Yeah, man. I don't know. I it was tough. Um, G-Man, I love you, G-Man. I see you, G-Man, and, and you mean so much to me. But uh, it was a little bit tough to to. I think he I think he got a little a little too much credit, and I understand it. You know, Kings broadcast. You want to be nice to Kings players, but uh, yeah, I mean, he he did average 14.7 points per game this year when he was playing, but he also just didn't play a ton of games because his various coaching staffs chose not to include him in a bunch of different games. Um, right. They don't need to acknowledge that on the broadcast, but yeah, like we can acknowledge that now. Um, everyone knows the deal. Like Jabari Parker's got a long ways to go to like cement himself back into the league. He, I don't know, man. I, uh, I, I struggle with him. I, I, I don't see what what Omer does. I would love to see what Omer does, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it's fair to say that he was an afterthought in that trade and and. Yeah, but he might be here for another year based on that player option. Yeah, definitely I wouldn't blame him for picking it up, and that probably says a lot about his play right there as well. Um, So, yeah, and obviously, again, scrimmage game, you know, Jimmy Butler didn't play for, I believe, the entire second half. Um, We mentioned all the guys out for the Kings, Bam Adebayo out for Miami, and multiple other guys as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, only so much to take from the actual rotations that you're looking at here, and I would think that with Barnes there and in these actual eight games that matter that you're not really seeing uh, many Jabari Parker minutes. What do you think that, um, I know we kind of messed 
and around talking about it as a possibility before of, you know, Bagley being out or anyone being out, what would the rotation look like? Now that it's actually announced that Bagley's not going to play for these next eight games, who do you see or the scrimmages eight games, if there's more than that after for the play and whatever the rest of the bubble, Bagley's going to be out. Who do you see picking up minutes in his place? Um, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think it's going to be a ton of small ball stuff. Um, Harry Giles is, is getting a lot of love from Luke Walton. Um, I'm excited for that. My personal favorite player on the team, as, as everybody knows. But, you know, he also Walton also mentioned the foul thing, and it was there like a few times. They were just fouls that if Harry can just pull back on those and just not be quite as eager or as aggressive on those, I mean, there's a lot to like that overhead pass to Omer's boy, Jabari Parker. That was a really nice look, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, uh, our Giles is always bringing uh, the vision to the offense. And if you're playing high pace, yeah, a guy, if he comes down with the board, he's definitely going to hit the uh, nice outlet passes there. And, yeah, I mean, I will say I was really happy to see that pace back. I think that you know, maybe the thought process with Walton was that you need a half-court offense for the long term, but right now you're only going for eight games, so you might want to get that pace back. And I think that's also going to look a lot better when Fox is there. Like, Bazemore, uh, if you were just watching him, you probably wouldn't have been able to tell it was too much of a scrimmage game. He was going hard out there, and I think that, um, yeah, when Fox is back out there to push the pace with these guys as well, that I think that'll fare pretty well for the Kings. It's Maybe I'm reading into too much of one game, um, but I, I would be glad to see the pace back, and seems like that might be the case. Yeah, I know we've talked about it before, but after seeing the guys back out there, or at least seeing Giles, do you think that, you know, Saline is is full contact for a couple practices? Do you think that Walton uh, swaps him in over Harry, um, saying there is, you know, and, and Holmes has to be back too, but you know, just saying you, you're you only going to give, you know, he, he had a pretty tight rotation um, when it mattered. Do you think that, that Len gets the call above Harry? Um, I think it'll depend on the matchup. Like, I think that you're right in the pace that Harry obviously fits a lot better there. And, you know, maybe you do try him quicker than you try uh, Len. And, I've said it before, I think kind of the same thing that I had mentioned with with Jeffries. I mean, and these younger guys, I think you have them on a short leash. And so, yeah, I think that you do give Giles a run first unless, I mean, when you go up like against, say, Orlando on the second night and you're going against maybe you need some minutes guarding Vucevic, I'd probably prefer Len there. Um, Even though I I guess you could, could think about it a little bit since Vucevic works on the perimeter and Len could have some issues there. Um. But, yeah, I mean, with the pace up, that definitely favors Giles a bit more. And you're right, it probably would favor him in that backup five spot, even though a majority of the five minutes are going to Holmes anyways, in my opinion. Um, but, the yeah, I think the backup five spot could be Giles' to lose in a way. Yeah, I think they're, we're probably underrating um, just being there and being with the team for this long because, you know, if Giles has had a great camp, I don't. I, I just. I struggle to see Len kind of come in, and we got to remember that he hasn't worked with the full team, right, at all for the last four months. Like, I don't know how you could hit the ground running that fast. Anyone that's been there 
has got to have a huge advantage right now. And I think that's also why we're seeing probably even guys like Daquan maybe have an advantage over Corey Brewer because he's been in the system, in the Kings system at least. You know, Corey Brewer, uh, Brewer is really like walking off the street onto this team, and, and you know, we're still we're excited for him, but that's not so much to ask. Yeah, definitely. And so what do you think that makes of, say, a guy like Barnes – that, you know, hasn't been with the team for a while, and I don't believe there was any update on if he made his way to Orlando, but what do you think that makes of Barnes, um, a guy that hasn't been with the team for a while? You know, for me, Barnes probably clears that clears that marker of, you know, the talent is high enough that you don't worry about all that. Um, I think Darren Fox could walk in, you know, in one day and, and be a part of this team in a starting lineup, uh, maybe give them one practice. But you know, at the end of the day, talent's going to win out. Barnes is a previous champion. He's been the number one option on the team before. <laughs> He's been important on the A team. He's been important to the Kings already. So, yeah. And then especially with the scarcity of position, yeah, there's no question. Yeah, fair enough. And, you know, I think that part of doing this live stream is we can take a couple questions from listeners. And we got one in here from Anthony Cardenas. I really hope that's how you say that by ex editor of Royal Paint at Sports by Tone. Uh, you guys think the Kings will play ball, play small at all with Barnes at the four? I think that you're going to see a lot of minutes with Barnes at the four. Um, just we saw them play small a lot today. And with the pace being there, it already happened a good bit throughout the year. And uh, I think we've said it a good amount. I definitely want to see a lot of Barnes at the four. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the default option right now, If especially with Bagley departing. I mean, that's, you know, that's probably the way to go. Support for the King's Pulse podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Listen, we all have a time where we have hurt ourselves or at least been terrified to hurt ourselves. I know I do. Trimming below the waist. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This is a premium tool with a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes, works in the shower so you can take care of your business in there if you prefer that. Also has an extremely cool LED light attached to it that illuminates the grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that chunk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code KINGSPULSE at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KINGSPULSE. No space. KINGSPULSE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code KINGSPULSE with no space. you really want to take note of in these next bubble games that are coming up? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because they're scrimmages, I'm going to want to see more of the young guys. Um, yeah, give, give me some more Kyle Guy. Happy to see it. Love to see it. 
Justin James surprised me. Had a pretty authoritative slam there yeah. down at the end. Um, I'm a big Justin James fan. Uh, I really buy into how big he looks. The dude, like, that's like a dude who, you know, at King's Muscle Watch or whatever, Brett Huff, my guy, um, that's a dude that has put on muscle. A lot of people talk about putting on muscle. Justin James has put on muscle. Right. Yeah, I'll say you talked about a dunk. Like, obviously, Daquan Jeffries had the, the uh, backdoor alley-oop. Yeah, it was nasty. And I did not realize, like, just quite how athletic he is. Like, he, he gets up pretty quick. I think he had another slam uh, at a later point in the game. Like, he's got a little bit of bounce to him, same as Justin James. Yeah, let's revisit our conversation about those two guys. Well, about Kyle Guy and Daquan Jeffries. I know this was we we don't re, we don't really argue that much. I think we got into a a stalemate on who our preferred long term prospect was here between Kyle Guy and and Daquan Jeffries. Are you revisiting your 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 position at all between Guy and Jeffries? Yeah, I think I definitely am. Yeah, I mean the three and D prototype is just really valuable and. Guy, there's a good chance is a negative on offense for most, or on defense, sorry, for most of his career. Even if he is a movement shooter, like there's a lot of value to that. Um, I was uh, a lot more hesitant on the, you know, really being able to fill that three and D role for Jeffries, and I, I'm leaning Jeffries at this point, yes. And I was leaning Guy before. I don't think it was all too much uh, in either direction already prior to this, but. You know, this this was this was a little something where you know he pulled uh, three from the corner with a lot of confidence. He shot the ball uh, pretty well, and that confidence to it as well, a little bit of athleticism. And yeah, I think uh, you've mentioned the wingspan a lot. I, I I'm coming around to you here. Yeah, I do think that uh, Jeffries has a lot of potential as a prospect here, and I'd probably take him over guy for now. Yeah, and um, I think. If you ask Kyle Guy, honestly, like, I think he's good with that. I think that Kyle Guy is kind of he, – he flourishes as an underdog, as a guy that not a lot of people believe. And so I'm happy to to heap praise on Daquan Jeffries and, and let that continue to feed let, – let my doubt continue to feed uh, Kyle Guy. Yeah, and I don't really know what else to get here to, man. Uh, there's only so much to take from a scrimmage game. I think uh, – like I said, I was just pretty excited to get basketball back a little bit. What do you think of the whole setup of Orlando? Like the, you know, feeding the fans in. I guess Miami was the home team today, technically. Um, not sure how that was decided, but yeah. Um, what do you? Uh, what, what was kind of your take on getting the first look into what games in Orlando are going to look like? It was bizarre. Um, I, I mean, I didn't like it, but I did in a way. Just it's so different, and it's just this whole different thing. Um, I, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it feels like summer league. I guess is like the closest you could compare it to, but even then, you have fans in the crowd. Um, hated the Zoom call going on oh, in the Denver game. Yeah, that one was bad. Jerry and Doug did much better. I mean, and the guys at NBC, whatever, you know, actually piping in live audio that 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 ended up way better though I, I worry about I worry uh worry about uh uh, uh Gary's cough yeah yeah uh, G-Man like scared me a little bit give just just give G-Man a, a cough button and and we're all good to go right right yeah I definitely was thinking about like what is 
playoffs are going to be weird in in this bubble. Um, I mean, just there's not going to be like I wonder are guys going to struggle to find that same like energy um, that come in like a seven game series. Like, what is I, I at one point I was kind of dazed enough like what is the final celebration like when the team wins the whole thing? What is that really going to look like on this court? Um, and yeah, I mean, just the whole thing, obviously, like very unprecedented times, and it's a weird situation. But you know, the court looks nice. Like the camera angle, I think they were hyping it up a little bit that it was going to be different. It really wasn't all that much different to me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Weird times, and uh, just kind of kicking it off here. In a weird way, it didn't feel all that different. Um, you know, maybe they haven't kind of instituted this yet. And we haven't seen like a full broadcast of a real game, but um, I, I thought that there was going to be more differences. Like I, am I wrong about I, I, the jerseys weren't different, were they? I mean, I, I know Black Lives Matter was on oh, the court, yeah. but I, I don't think any of those like those changes were really in there yet. So maybe there's a lot more differences that we'll see coming. Yeah, that's a good point. I noticed that in the earlier games, and then I forgot about it by the end of the day. Um, yeah, those it was all just standard last names for the players, and uh, most guys are going to end up with something on the back of their jerseys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I do see where you're coming from because it did kind of feel like, from my perspective, you know, getting ready for a normal game, and it just felt mainly weird because I hadn't done it in a while rather than the situation itself. Like, you could have told me that Doug and, and G-Man were at the game, and if I didn't know any better, I would have thought that they were. Like, the the broadcast did a good job with that. And, yeah, I see where you're coming from. It was it, it was just good to get back to all of this for sure. And uh, I'll say that the guys at the King's Herald are getting back to it as well. Did you see Will's uh, classic previews going on? San Jeff's already got the post-game thing up. And, yeah, everybody's getting back in full swing. Yeah, I'm in the mailbag this week, and so I'm really looking forward to what animal Will has chosen to represent <laughs> me. I don't know. You got the hairless cat? Oh, my God, yeah. I had an argument favorite. with someone. No, so I'm a big cat guy, right, which I wasn't before, but then I got two cats, and I was like, wow, okay, cats are, cats are amazing. And this isn't to say I don't like dogs. It's not like cats over dogs or anything like that, which I guess I probably would say at this point, but that's not the point. Whoa, Anyways. okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, someone had mentioned to me that, well, I think they were allergic, and they were like, oh, well, I can do hairless cats. I'm like, no, those are pretty disgusting, to be honest. Like, it's it's all the wrinkles. Like, hairless cats are not cute. And uh, I exposed this to Will, and apparently he completely disagrees, and therefore I became a hairless cat. Yeah, I have one friend who's like a hairless cat. She's got it like an – her whole Instagram is her hairless cat. It's – that's not a euphemism. All right, let's cut this. <laughs> oh God! What animal would you want to be? I was going to say that's actually what it was. That's um, I wasn't even trying. Uh, I like penguins. I like uh, I like penguins. Uh, I guess that's <laughs> all I like. <laughs> oh, I'm still kind of the feet. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, no, yeah, I like penguins. Um, I don't know. I like lions, I guess. Or kings. I do like lions. I. Yeah, I don't know. I really got nothing. We have run in. We have run out of steam here. Here we go. Yeah, I cut the stream. Um, so 
I think that that's going to do it for this episode. Like I said, everybody in King's Herald is in full swing of everything going on over there. Uh, pre-game, post-game, open threads during the game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I got the stream. Yeah, I was That's so scared. funny. No, no, I was just, I was kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm gonna be in the mailbag uh, this week with Tim and Will. Brandon was in the mailbag last week. Check that out. Or yeah, I think so. We anyway, or, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Sam Jesh is up in it all the time. Sam Jesh is all over this damn thing. Uh, yeah, check out the Patreon. Yeah, and thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. You'll hear from us again in the next couple of days. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough, and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the Pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, click Ranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.